Hello and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles. This is the Bicycle Hour on 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. Jason Lardy here behind the console on Friday. As always, I'm here this week with Tia Martinson, the Executive Director of Free Bikes for Kids. Tia, how are you doing? Doing good. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Good to be here. Yeah, well, we're going to get into a lot of stuff about kids' bikes and all kinds of fun stuff like that. But before we do, we always start out with a little velodrome uh, recaps and news uh, from around the track racing scene. Um, lots of exciting things going on. Peter Moore, uh, who is the son of a McAllister professor, uh, is over in Eigel, Switzerland right now competing in the Junior World Championships. One of only five uh, U.S. racers who are selected to represent the country uh, over at the World Championships. Um, he had a tough uh, night yesterday, uh, crashed out of his qualifier, unfortunately, at the bell. So with one lap to go, uh, he was in sixth wheel and uh, missed out on his chance to qualify. So it sounds like you ran a really good race uh, and just uh, had a tough incident happen, uh, you know, track racing that stuff happens. Uh, but Peter is coming up uh, later this weekend. He'll be racing the Madison, uh, which will be pretty exciting. So uh, so we're hoping that Peter will come back with uh, some some more great stories to tell and uh, hoping he has a shot at uh, putting himself into the mix for the podium. Uh, we also had a Madison State Championship last night here at home at the National Sports Center Velodrome. Uh, it was a really good race, and uh, Daniel Casper repeated as Madison uh, state champion, uh, he had a new partner this year. Peter Olenicek uh, was his partner. So uh, so Daniel teaming up with a youngster uh, in that race uh, to take the win. Risa Husted, who's been on the show uh, here before, took the state points race champion in the women's 1-2-3 field. Uh, and then we had our Velo kids out there, which is always a blast. Uh, yeah, it was a ton of fun out there. The, uh, you know, five or six uh, kids and the Velo kids are between ages 9 to 12. Oh. And we get them out there on uh, on real live track bikes, and uh, and they just rip those boards apart. It's really fun to see them. And uh, shout out to Margo Virda, who's been coaching them uh, all summer long. She does an amazing job uh, getting those kids ready and psyched up to race. Um, and not only does she do that, she also has the kids do a little historical uh, research. She has them choose a favorite rider, uh, and uh, so they always pick out a, a good track racer to follow and learn a little bit about, and they kind of write a little report. Uh, so it's really a fun, a fun thing for the kids. Uh, so that's uh, all the exciting stuff that has happened at the track. We're looking forward to next weekend uh, at the Velodrome. Uh, August 24th and 25th is our annual Fixed Gear Classic, uh, and that is our big pro and uh, elite amateur race uh, weekend. We've got $10,000 in prize money on the line for uh, men and women uh, compete to compete for. Uh, we've got riders from all over the country coming in. In fact, all over the world, we've got a rider from Guyana. Uh, who's coming up to race, and a guy who's on the long team for the U.S. to race in the Pan Am Games uh, coming up. He did a really nice job at uh, Elite Nationals earlier this year. So lots of fun coming out. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, go to nscsports.org slash velo. All right, so uh, enough track racing stuff to you. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, free bikes for kids. What can you tell us about the mission of the organization? So Free Bikes for Kids, is our mission is to help kids get on bikes. So we're geared to getting, we believe kids will be happier and healthier if they ride a bike. And, and so many kids don't have that opportunity. So it's our job to help kids get bikes that wouldn't otherwise have them. Mm -hmm. And how did the organization start originally? We started, we're starting our 11th season. So in Wow. I know, right? Wow, I had no idea it was that long. <laughs> we have been around a little while. We That's are, amazing. We're on our second decade. That's fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Feeling so what was the fun. genesis of it? You know, in 2008, uh, it was it was started with Terry Esau. He lived out west in um, in Long Lake, Minnesota, and he was he had a bike group that would leave out of his driveway every Saturday morning, and they they'd ride their bikes and do their thing. And some people saw them around, and, and they got pretty fast. So, you know, I think they probably made a scene as they came through town. <laughs> Here I would comes imagine. the Peloton. Right, right. <laughs> so people knew he was out there. And, and they, they, somebody from a church, you know, said, you know, there's a family in church that just they can't, they, they can't afford to get their child a bike for Christmas. Hmm. Does anyone you know have something that, that we could give them? 
And he went back to his pals and, and the, the ride with him, and, and they thought about it, and they looked around, and not only did they find one bike, but they found 250 bikes. Wow. Yeah. Just yeah. by starting to ask the question. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. You know, kids grow so fast, mm-hmm. and, and so they're growing each year out of their last bike, so it's, it's really an endless supply inside yeah. these garages. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So they spent a couple months fixing them up in Terry's garage mm. uh, that year, and, and they gave them away and it was so fulfilling. It felt so good. They packed it up and said, okay, let's do this again next year for Christmas. So it started there. Mm-hmm. And then um, in, boy, it would have been 2011, yep. potentially, <laughs> uh, we partnered with Alina Health. Uh-huh. And that really, really changed what we were capable of. Mm-hmm. Uh, we partnered with it. They became our presenting sponsor, nice. but which was fantastic. They helped support us financially. But they also helped us with our collection, which mm. was key. Yeah. Um, we were able at that time, you know, we'd never gotten a thousand bikes before. We'd never gotten three thousand bikes before. It was it was more in the two fifty, five hundred, seven fifty, right. something this like that. This is adding another zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this really this really put us on a good path. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked with them for several years. And, and, and kind of held held our own at between five and six thousand bikes. Okay. And then last year in our tenth season, we somehow everything aligned and we ended up with almost ten thousand bikes. Wow. Um, on October that year, it was October eighth. That's amazing. It was something else. That's amazing. Yeah, they just kept coming in. <laughs> That's great. Well, so how do where do where do the bikes come from? I mean. Great question. <laughs> Most of them come from the Twin Cities. Yeah. You know, uh, we have a, because we partner with Alina, we mm-hmm. have this huge collection date and they have 50, um, they have 50 clinics and hospitals throughout the region mm-hmm. that are, that are collecting bikes on one specific morning. Wow. So they put the word out mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's all of our good neighbors and friends in the Twin Cities that have these bikes. That That's great. They've upgraded. Well, and you guys, obviously with the, in, the influx of cash that they've provided and all of the other grants that you guys get, I'm sure you're able to, you know, really put it to, put together a good advertising and marketing campaign to support it too, right? Absolutely. And, and again, that's a lot of that uh, comes from Alina, but, but, and our piece really is in, in finding people to give the bikes to mm-hmm. and in, in bringing in staff to manage the volunteers and to, to recruit volunteers, yeah. right? So we need over 3000 volunteers to do the work wow. to refurbish the bikes. And wow. this all happens in the span of eight or nine weeks. That's amazing. So 10,000 bikes uh, you got last year, mm-hmm. you, 10 weeks, you get to do a thousand bikes a week, pretty much. Uh, yeah. It's about a thousand bikes a week. It, it really depends on if you do them by bike, you know, this is the bike show. So we'll talk about bike categories. Okay? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we, we categorize all the bikes by wheel size and okay. then, and then kids are all sizes. And sure. Once they're in fifth, sixth grade, they're on an adult sized bike. Right. Those bikes have gears. Mm-hmm. Those are a little bit harder. So when we're in those smaller categories, like the the cute little twelve inch, right, and training inches, wheel type yeah, stuff, yeah, those go really quick. I bet. Yeah, those twenty six inch bikes that are gently used, maybe less gently used, those take <laughs> a little bit more time to yeah, get ready. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. So what does the organization look like in terms of staff and board, and how are you guys organized? We have a local board that we we're a national organization mm-hmm. first of all, um, but. But our national organization and our local organization are are still run by the same board. Okay. So our founder, Terry Esau, is the executive director of the national organization. We're in um, Seattle. Excuse me. We're not in Seattle. <laughs> not we're, yet, anyway. Not yet, no. <laughs> we're in Portland. We are starting in Yakima this year. We are opening an affiliate in Eugene, hmm. um, Oregon. We are in Salt Lake City. We are in Atlanta. We are in Madison, and we're also starting in Detroit this fall. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we are growing. So our board um, supports him and our board is structured. We have 11 people on our board, mm-hmm. all of which are, are are interested in cycling, interested in the mission and in, in helping kids ride into a happier, healthier childhood. Sure. With a bike. So they're committed to that. They're committed mm-hmm. to the work. Yeah. Um, but just such a great board filled with so many different talents. That's great. Very lucky. Yeah. And do you bring in seasonal? It sounds like you bring in people just to help with the collection and the and the repair work. Correct, correct. So so off season for us is January through June, July. Okay. And then July I bring on um, a seasonal full-time person as a volunteer coordinator. Mm-hmm. A seasonal full-time person as a bike recipient coordinator who um, I'll get to in a minute how people get bikes. <laughs> Good. 
Um, and then we bring on, we're bringing on a warehouse coordinator this year that will help with the workflow. Last mm-hmm. year, we had so many more bikes that um, uh, our bike recipient coordinator and I both spent a little more time on some logistics than we probably needed to. Yeah. So I'm bringing in somebody who will double duty that and also um, work as a host, which we have you know, five or six of those that mm-hmm. are that are really managing that volunteer work, helping helping the groups of people. Because we have at any given time a hundred people working in there. Wow! In our we're we're open for twelve hours every day for yeah. about sixty days. Yeah, and it's an amazing operation. I've been able to do it a few times, uh, and it always blows me away how well orchestrated it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> seemingly there's just a sea of bikes everywhere. You know, and uh, how you guys can organize all that stuff and coordinate volunteers, many of whom have no capability in fixing bikes is just it's amazing to me well it's through the help of the team that that comes on board we're very fortunate we also have six uh professional mechanics that will come on with us too and and do a quality control so all of our volunteer mechanics aren't on the hook for that last final check yeah i've got to believe you do a fair amount of triaging to figure out what state the bikes are in and how quickly those can be fixed or what major mechanical issues exist and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. There's, there's that piece also, we determine if, if it's going to be a lot more work than we want to put into it, mm-hmm. it might have parts that are going to work really well on another bike. Right. Um, so we, and we strip saddles, we strip tires, we strip pedals, all of those kinds of things all come off. Are, of are most of the, the parts you get then from those other bikes or do you, uh, do you actually have access to new parts? Uh, Most of them are from the other bikes, but we also, yeah, (laughs) that's great. We, it is, we are, it's amazing. We spend, um, less than a dollar a bike on parts. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. We, we get a grant from, um, QBP for, Mm -hmm. for a good number of parts. A lot of those parts though, aren't really parts. It's chain lube. It's all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. So so the things that we replace when we need to we'll, we'll replace grips if we need to. But we'd rather get that from mm-hmm. another bike, yep. saddles, another bike, you know, things like that. Yep. That's great. And and so talk a little bit about how someone can get involved in that part of the process. You know, how can someone volunteer to be a part of what you guys are doing? We love volunteers in our organization (laughs) (laughs) and we will, we will be reaching out very soon uh, for more, but we did just put our calendar online for the season. We open that up every, every end of summer kind of timeline Yep, and it's uh, www.fb4k, F is in free, B is in bikes, the number four K is in kids.org forward slash volunteer. And it'll, it'll help you self-select the first question will be okay great you want to help us out have you ever changed a tire and if you say no it'll help you get into what we call the cleaners and a lot of them are cleaning bikes but this is also people are moving bikes for us people are helping us do all kinds of things in the Mm -hmm. warehouse that that have to happen every day for for us to happen yeah wow (laughs) to pull it up and so what your your collection date this year is what day october 6th october 6th and where do people so you talked about bring them to alina are there other locations where people can bring their bikes no it's going to be uh there will be 50 alina health clinics and hospitals participating and we'll have that list in about two or three weeks and we will post that on our website great Mm -hmm. and uh so once the bikes are collected, uh, where is your warehouse, where's your maintenance activity going to take place this year? Do you know yet? You know, that is such a fun thing to think about every year. We, we get to move every year because we're lucky to have donated space. We, mm-hmm. we run very lean, Jason. Yeah, clearly. That's great. <laughs> You're making do with nothing pretty yeah, much, absolutely, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so we look for about 50 or 60,000 square feet. We mm-hmm. look for ample parking because of all of the volunteers and sure. all of that. Yep. Um, but uh, they don't just come over to us and say, hey, why don't you stay with us this right. year? So so we are still in the works. Last year okay. we were up in New Hope, mm-hmm. and that was uh, right off of 169, between 169 and 100 by the mm-hmm. Ice Arena. Yep. It worked really well. Uh, we don't expect to be in that building again. They're doing something different with that space. Mm. But we could end up in New Hope. We also were looking at something here in St. Paul, which mm. would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're waiting on, on some yeses right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, I'm sure that's a, that's a challenge. I mean, cause there aren't a lot of 50 or 60,000 square foot buildings just laying around. No, it's, it's a tight, it's a tight uh, market right now. It hasn't yeah. always been the case mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, but it yep. is right now. What are some of the things that you need? Is it basically just space and lights? Space and lights. We need bathrooms. Yeah. And a lot of the new constructions that are empty where they would say, yes, we would have to rent one of those bathroom oh, trucks. Oh, right. Yeah. That's <laughs> suboptimal. Right. And yeah. it's winter. Right. Right. 
right? Yep. So there are a few issues like that. Um, we have been located at Mall of America twice, mm-hmm. and and one thing we did not have there were loading docks. Oh. And, right. And I would not I would not feel good about not having loading docks again. It it really changed our process um, mm-hmm. and and makes it a lot easier to manage especially outgoing, believe it yeah. or not. It's not even the incoming as much as it's the outgoing. So where where do they go once they're done? Do you not have the kids come to the to the maintenance point to pick their bikes up? Great question. We have one really big giveaway in our warehouse, mm-hmm. but that does not cover all of the bikes that go out. Okay. Um, typically, that's going to be between one and 2,000 bikes. Mm-hmm. We have two. Um, last year, we partnered with two schools. We'll mm-hmm. probably do something similar and we took the bikes to those schools nice. and held a giveaway for them in their schools, which fun. was fun. I bet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then um, the rest of them are partners that want to have their own giveaways. Alina is one of them. Okay. They held eight or nine giveaways um, of their own. And so we and, and they part of our contract is they get about a third of our bikes to give okay. away. That's great. Mm-hmm. And they mostly partner with schools and mm-hmm. it's communities where they have um, a presence in the sure. community. Sure. Yep. And how far afield do those uh, clinics exist or those uh, those collection or uh, uh, those those clinics that you guys work with? The farthest ones are like New Ulm, I would say, is, really? is the farthest. That's great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But, the, you know, most of them are close. Mm hmm. And, and we're thankful for that, but, but we do have a further reach and we're happy to be out in greater Minneapolis that way. Yeah. Um, for us to do with the bikes that we have, which is a, you know, two thirds of, of the bikes that we Mm -hmm. give away, uh, we have a 50 mile radius from the center of the twin cities, um, Metro center. Are there some other organizations that you partner with? You talked about the schools. Mm -hmm. Are there some other groups that you work with to find kids? We do. We do. And some of them, you know, some of them are going to be like St. Paul public housing, for example, Mm -hmm. we've given three, four. Or 500 bikes to wow. some years. Um, North Point Wellness Center, we've we've given a lot of bikes to them. Mm-hmm. Um, White Earth Reservation, nice. we did a big one last year. Mm-hmm. And then a lot, and then there's small and and schools like mm-hmm. Minneapolis Public Schools and, yep. and um, Hopkins was a big one. St. Louis Park was a big one. Mm. Um, but we we also do really small things. Yeah. You know, some some groups they they have ten kids that need a bike in mm-hmm. their community and that's fine. Some I mean, we've given two away and approved an application for two. That's great. Anybody can get a bike, but they have to get it through an organization. I was just going to ask you what the process is for kids. I mean, if 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 we know of a kid who needs a bike, how do we get them connected with you guys? Again, on the website, mm-hmm. and, but but the kid really needs to go to an organization in in or the kid's family yep. in in their community. So their school, any faith based organization, if they're you know if they have a church mm-hmm. or a temple or something like that, um, anything in the community that's that's uh, community service mm-hmm. like a food shelter. Mm-hmm. Food, food shelf, shelf yep. thank you. <laughs> Homeless shelter also, but yeah. food shelf was what I was looking for. <laughs> and and so is there a requirement for the kids? I mean, do they have to do anything or do they have to meet certain requirements to be eligible to get a bike? The kids do not. The kids are vetted through the organizations. Got we it. um our organizations, we we trust that they know who needs a bike. Mm-hmm. Right. So we'll we approve organizations based on who they work with. Got it. And um and yeah. But that doesn't mean if, if, if somebody from an affluent community came to us and said, we'd like a one bike for this mm. family, yep. we, we wouldn't turn assu- them away. No, because yeah. we wouldn't assume that that the work they're doing is for somebody who can who could afford it anyway. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, right. why are they asking? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? That's right. I got to believe that some of the stories you hear from the kids and the families are just really touching. They are. They are. And some of them are just surprising. And, and the piles of thank you notes, too, that we get are just Amazing. If, if, if we were on TV, I'd have them in front of me right now. They're color. Well, everyone can see your hands and showing how big that pile is. I know you should all see this. It's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) We put them up in the warehouse. So, so when you come and volunteer, make sure you look for them. That's great. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, if, if like, I just read one recently. I got a note from somebody who's, who said her child, we, we gave him a bike last year Mm -hmm. and, and he, uh, he'd lost the one before it was stolen. Oh, shoot. I know. And she said, you know, this has been great, though, because he's learned so much responsibility. He's grown as a person. He's That's always looking great. after that bike. He gets to ride everywhere. He gets to ride out of the neighborhood with his brother. His relationship That's with his brother great. is better. Yeah. Like all of these things. And we just, 
you know, tears every yeah. time. And I'm not a crier, but boy, <laughs> those kids. <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, I, I, I've had similar experiences with our programming for the Minnesota Cycling Center. You know, we do the STEM curriculum for, for fourth and fifth graders. Um, and to see them get out on their bikes and hear the stories of them actually getting their parents to start riding yeah. as a result of those prog- programs is just unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's really encouraging to see how the community of cyclists grows um, because you put a kid uh, on a bike. Exactly, exactly. And it, it feeds programming that, that organizations like Cycles for Change are doing with slow rolls yep. or or, you know, things Bike MN is doing with mm-hmm. safety. And, and there are so many ways to really pull in a whole family mm-hmm. to participate in these things as long as they have access. Right. And we just need to give them access. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible to see how that, how that, like I said, how that grows and how you can continue to put kids through different programs and curriculum. And uh, yeah, when they, yeah, once they have it, I got to believe you see bikes coming back. Occasionally, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They come right back into the system. And you, we, we change the sticker every year to mm-hmm. a different color yeah. of a heart cog. Yeah. So um, every year, and it, you'll see a few, and you'll be like, oh, my gosh, that was from 2015, 2013. <laughs> that's great. And then there's, when did we do orange, you know? Wow, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Do they? Do you just put the stickers, like, over the top, like your license tabs? Exactly like so, that. So how many times, do you have a record? <laughs> you know, we haven't been keeping track of that, but I, I think we need to now. Yeah, I think that would be that would be pretty cool. I'd love to see the biggest stack of heart cogs <laughs> on, on those bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll keep a we'll keep a running list somewhere. There you go. Yeah. Do you guys have any of the recipients actually work on any of the bikes? I mean, do you bring in the kids or the organizations that that help you distribute the bikes? Sometimes in? we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of one of our favorite organizations is Boulder Options. Oh, yeah. And they're a mentoring group. Mm-hmm. They they've come in. Uh, the mentors, the employees and the kids are all invited to come in mm-hmm. every year. And I think over time, they'll be looking at having a repair opportunities and, and workshops and things in their space. They mm-hmm. have a, they kind of have a, a little bit of a bike shop in their basement. Okay. In their building. Yeah. That's great. So I think they're, they're working on programming in the coming years that can support that. Nice. So you yeah. really have that full, you know, spectrum of support and exactly. participation. Exactly. And, and we actually did a ride with them this summer too. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Just do you guys go out as a group? Uh, on rides? I mean, do you do you bring people out just for social rides to learn more about the organization? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of an informal way to meet us. And we like that, you know, anytime, anytime we're going to meet somebody, if we don't need paper and our computers in front of us, it's yep. a great way to, uh, to get out, yep. do what we love and get to know somebody. Yeah. And, and tell the story of the, of the organization. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's really fun. I was I'm curious too, uh, you know, having seen, you know, the large number of bikes and some of them that are so challenged when they come in, how do you guys deal with ones that you can't repair? What's the, do you have a, a slot, a, a, you know, a bunch of bikes that you have to deal with after everything's done? Absolutely. And it's not when everything's done. We do it as we go. Oh, okay. Um, because of space. Sure. <laughs> so we, so the, the, there's a level of volunteer that's not quite a mechanic, but okay. they're, but they have some skills. They can yep. change tires. They can do some of that kind of stuff. Yep. And we, we stick them on what we call the boneyard and okay. they go out there to, to bikes we've triaged and determined are, are not going to be a good fix yep. and, or too expensive or yep. just too much work. So they'll go out and strip everything off of there mm-hmm. and we do piles of them by category, depending on what we're working on and, mm-hmm. and recycle them. We've um, worked with uh, Seth from Recovery Cycles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is fantastic and he'll come out and work with us when we need um, a pickup and mm-hmm. he, he re- gets them out to the recycling for us, which is fantastic. That's really nice. Yeah. 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 We're green. You uh, you talked a little bit about the donations, obviously, that uh, the bike donations that you need. You obviously get financial con- contributions from people. Do you take mm-hmm. uh, personal or um, uh, corporate um, contributions in addition to what you do with Alina? Absolutely. Um, Alina is about a third of our cash contributions. Okay. So we are always looking for um, corporate groups to help us. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it ends up being corporate groups that work with us as volunteers as yep. well. Um, we have a really unique take on, on the volunteer experience and, and volunteer engagement. Hmm. It's super, um, there's a lot of team building that can go on. There's a lot of opportunity for them to work together and mm-hmm. solve problems on bikes yep. and, and move things together and figure out how something's going to work. So it's, it's kind of a fun opportunity for them to, to involve themselves in community goodwill, in social responsibility. So 
we'll do some special things with a group like that, and and oftentimes um, they will they will give us some donation money as well. That's great. Yeah. Do you take in other in kind donations from people? I mean, uh, whether it's parts or I mean, you talked about quality bicycle products, mm-hmm. donating a bunch of stuff. Uh, what other kinds of things do you need besides just bikes from donate from donors? Bikes and warehouse and parts are the big ones. Um, in kind. We take, you know, people who would clean for us. Mm-hmm. We would, that would be a great in kind. Yeah. You know, somebody to come in and clean three times a week. That'd right. be phenomenal. Yep. <laughs> um, in kind donations in advertising. Our um, website was an in kind donation. Nice. Through Bodie Digital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fantastic. That's great. Um, Media Minefield, they work with us. Um, and and our media presence, mm-hmm. and especially as we go into season, you'll see sure. probably some opportunities. Lots for us. of TV and lots of promotion around the on print as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's and, great. And they they help us with all of that. So we we definitely are always looking for ways to partner with people and mm-hmm. what we need because we need what everybody needs. You know, right. We need help. We need yeah. we need help getting our our message out there. We need help. You know, getting the bikes done, mm-hmm. getting the bikes given away. We yeah. need help cleaning up afterward. <laughs> we need, we need all of this help. Um, and, and those are those are really the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think too. In kind, we we receive helmets as well. Oh, um, that's a nice thing to be able to offer the kids too. Exactly. Yeah. M- many of them come from Alina, but mm-hmm. uh, we've also partnered with Kali uh, Protectives, and they've nice. given us. Boy, last year they gave us about four or five thousand helmets. Wow. We, yeah, because kids' heads grow too. They do. Yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> they just get bigger and bigger. <laughs> and we had way more bikes than usual last year, so we needed a few more helmets mm-hmm. than we expected. Oh, that's great. That's gets good stuff to know. You know, one of the things I forgot to talk about when we were uh, talking about the repair stuff is you guys have a, a like a pro contest. Every year, right? Well, we have in the past. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, we call it the Wrench Slinger Shootout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, we, get, we get bike shops together and we, we let them compete against one another in, in almost a bracketed event. Fun. Yeah. Oh, it's exciting. And we bring in an MC and it's just... It's wild times. That's great. Huffy's coming quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if I'm a if I'm a smart shop, I'm going to pick all the easy ones to work on, right? Absolutely. Uh-huh. That's so the is way there to do it. A lot of con- competition to see which bikes they get to pick or do you guys pick them for you for Well, them? so we we pick what we're working on, but there's a lot they can pick from. So if the cleaners are ahead, the yep. prepper, the ones that are changing tires and stuff, they can pick from all any of those cleaned ones that are out right. there. There might be 150 there. Wow. So You'll see the same one get walked around over and over again, and and usually that's a sign that it needs to. <laughs> Wait a minute! <laughs> Somebody should probably take a look at that bike. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Well, this has been a really fun conversation. Uh, we want to remind people that we're listening to ninety one point seven FM McAllister College Radio. This is Blast Beats and Bicycles. I'm here with Tia Martinson from Free Bikes for Kids, the executive director of the Minnesota chapter. Um, we're going to get into a few more things about uh, free bikes for kids, uh, but I know that you're uh, you've got a couple of common musical interests with me. I do, and this is the uh, the cover show. Our metal hour was it was a cover show, and uh, so I found a song that I think you're really going to enjoy. This is actually Motorhead, one of your favorite bands, uh, covering another one of your favorite artists. This is uh, David Bowie's Heroes. All right. <laughs>
Right, that was Motorhead playing Heroes by David Bowie. That's a couple of uh, monsters of the music scene. Both sadly passed away in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, 2017 was a tough year Ooh. for losing losing musicians. And uh, so anyway, what I, I heard the story that Lemmy, the leader of Motorhead, was not excited about putting that song on their covers record. He didn't want to disrespect the song and he never thought it felt quite like motorhead but i don't know about you tia but i I love that song i thought that was fantastic yeah i mean it's got just that hint of motorhead that makes it good but they stayed true to the bowie and it felt really really you know honest and and had a lot of integrity absolutely i hear it again oh well we could play that again (laughs) later on excellent i like to hear that uh so if you're just joining us you're listening to uh blast beats and bicycles here at 91.7 wmcn fm at McAllister College in St. Paul, Minnesota, here with Tia Martinson, the executive director of Free Bikes for Kids, Minnesota. Tia, you having fun so far? I'm having a blast. Thank you, Jason. Good. You know, we talked a little bit about some of the other kinds of donations that you need uh, to make these bikes uh, a success for the kids. What else do you guys like people to bring in? You know, we are looking for locks, and these are locks that are new, or if they're not new, they work. They have the key. They have the combination Mm -hmm. attached. Yep. Um, we would love to be able to give away locks with our larger bikes, 24 inch and above. Okay. And that's, that's going to be for, for our volume. That's between two and 3000 locks. We'd love to see. Wow. That's a lot of locks. It is a lot of locks. (laughs) (laughs) And, and do you guys, uh, have any programs or work with people who help these kids learn to ride? I'm assuming if they want a bike, they kind of already have a sense of how to ride a bike. Is that a fair well, assessment? the bigger ones, yes. The smaller ones, not always. Okay. Um, typically, the organization that comes to us 
wants some kind of programming. We've partnered with Bike MN and, and connect them yep. with, with these organizations or, or somehow get them almost becoming a cohort so it could be a neighborhood or something like that. Right. So they can connect to where they can be involved in a bike rodeo mm-hmm. or something like that. We did do bike rodeos at our giveaways this year. Okay. Which was past year, which were fantastic. I bet. Yeah, loved it. The the problem with it is is we give our bikes away in December, so it's it's not quite <laughs> It's as... not ideal for a bike rodeo. Right, right. Yeah. Now if they were all fat bikes you gave away. Oh my gosh, it would just be <laughs> snow heaven, right? <laughs> I would be there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with rolling fat. Nope. You know? <laughs> nope. I'm doing the fat bike hot lap today this weekend at uh tomorrow, in fact. There's a criterium up in Maple Grove or excuse me, uh Moundsview. Uh, my friend Pat Whelan is putting on the Mounds View Festival in the park criterium, and uh, I'll be announcing actually okay. tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to race uh, my first criterium. Good for you. Yeah, well, it's just they're going to be one lap on the fat bike, but still, I count that. It counts, and there will be other people there, right? <laughs> totally. So you still got to throw elbows. Absolutely. And, you still keep your space. and I got sharp elbows, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. So, uh, where can remind people where they can find out more about how to get involved with Free Bikes for Kids? www.fb4k.org. And uh, we are the Minnesota affiliate. If you go to fb4k.org forward slash volunteer, it'll take you right into our volunteer portal. That's fantastic. Thank you. Well, this has been, I love talking about free bikes for kids, but I think people want to know a little bit more about you as well. Oh. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in free bikes for kids, what your role is, that kind of thing. So um, I started with free bikes for kids in 2015 and I started, I was really coming out of a different career Mm -hmm. and I was, I was trying to figure out really what I wanted to do. And I mostly just wanted to ride my bike. I'll be honest. (laughs) I love it. It's mostly, mostly that. Right. And, and this would have, this kind of quest to figure out what I wanted to do started probably around 2010. Mm -hmm. And I do some things. I do some, some contract work for, for a project or something that might last a year. Um, nothing that I ever thought would take a lot of long-term um, energy or loyalty. Right. And I came to Minneapolis and the community was so great. And I, I loved everything about um, kind of the, the way people help their own communities here. So, mm-hmm. so there's that vibe, there's the bicycle vibe, yep. the beautiful lakes, the great trails. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give Minnesota and Minneapolis a go. And here I was. And in this whole quest, I, I got involved in Free Bikes for Kids as a volunteer coordinator. Hmm. One of my... Um, past lives, I, I worked on a lot of community support types mm-hmm. of things, uh, with my, with my, with my jobs. Mm-hmm. So, so it seemed like a good fit and it made sense. And it was a three month or maybe five month job. And I thought, yeah. well, that's great. That's hardly any commitment that right. will make me feel wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't go quite like that. <laughs> I got recruited. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No good deed goes unpunished, right? I know. I know. <laughs> My goodness, they uh, they sat me down and they said, "Listen, we want to talk about more." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun conversation and and um, it really is such a perfect fit. It wasn't it wasn't hard for me to say yes. That's great. Yeah, it was. It, it's I, I love to give bikes away to kids. I love what we do. I'm passionate about the project and I love to ride my bikes. Yeah, and, and I have since I was little. So it's it's just it's kismet. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And so, so what, I mean, it sounds like you have like up and down the organization responsibility. I mean, you got to have your hands in just about everything. I do have my hands in just about everything. Um, I, you know, from, from being responsible for the budget and and reporting to the board and all of that Mm -hmm. um, level, but also I need to know if we, if we need brake pads, I'm the one that's going to go get them. Right. right? Yep. (laughs) If we need, um, you know, a toilet cleaned, <laughs> I might do it. You, yeah. I it's might kind of it. the bathroom to the boardroom responsibilities, exactly, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying I do it every time. <laughs> no. I do have a great team and, they, that's good. and we do like to help one another Share out. Share the work. That's yep. good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's the mark of a good organization, right? If everybody just pitches in and sees what needs to be done and makes it happen. Absolutely. That's, that's pretty important. Yeah. yeah. I'm very fortunate. That's good. That's yeah. good. How did you get to the Twin Cities originally? Uh, you know, I was living out east for about 11 years. I went out there for graduate school mm-hmm. and um, it was great. I was teaching at a, at a university out there 
and I loved it. It was fantastic. I loved the opportunity to um, be part of people's growth and, and help them find voice. I was I was a fine arts professor in mm -hmm. photography. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I had also a second job. Um, part part of my life was was also helping organizations start their business. So I had this sort of dual dual existence throughout my career of of having this artistic piece and looking for voice and looking for community mm -hmm. and this piece where, where I really do like the numbers mm -hmm. and I really do like to see a plan work. Yeah. So I'm, I'm complicated. <laughs> but Left it, brain and right brain, right? Right, right. Yeah. And they fight. They don't always get along. <laughs> it's, it's funny. <laughs> uh, so so I, I, it was really great out there, but my family is Midwestern. Mm -hmm. We moved around quite a bit, but at that point, um, in the late 2000s, my mom and my dad were in Pella, Iowa, which is southeast mm -hmm. of Des Moines. And my dad was sick and I was flying back a lot mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, and, you know, it, it wasn't ideal. Yeah, I can it, believe it. It's, it. You start to really think about what's the rest. Is this how it's going to be now? Mm -hmm. You know, is this is this how it is? And, yeah. and, and I wanted to be a bit more involved, a bit more plugged in. Mm -hmm. So I, after some cajoling, um, it took about six months after my dad did pass and it mm. took six or seven months. And I, I decided I would, I would leave that all behind yeah. and come back to the Midwest. I didn't know where yet. I went, I went directly to Pella and spent some time with my family Sure. and I started to kind of look around at the cities and which, which city did I want in the Midwest? Right. Cause I wasn't going to yeah. probably stay in a small town. Yeah. I was really more interested in the diversity and mm -hmm. What what the Twin Cities or Chicago yep. or something like that would. Well, have I was going to say from Pella, you've got a lot of choices. I mean, <laughs> Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City isn't that far. Exactly, lots of great places to go. Yeah, yeah, I really could go in almost any direction. Mm -hmm. Not so much west. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that lands you in Omaha. It's a little too small. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's anything wrong with Nebraska? Don't no, call in. No, Nebraska is fantastic. Actually, my alma mater is University of Nebraska Lincoln. I already went. Nice. I already went west. I, I didn't yeah, you've west checked again. that box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, Minneapolis ended up being being the fore, forerunner. And I did, uh, I guess, full disclosure on Ragbri, which is a bike ride across Iowa. Yeah. Friends of mine that were friends of somebody else's introduced us, uh, me and, and my gentleman friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so and that was in 2010. So he already lived here in Minneapolis. And uh -huh. he was just he was uh, setting out for a cross country ride from. Wow. Yeah, yeah, from Virginia to Oregon, coast Backwards. to coast. Backwards. Yeah, he went that way. I mean, normal people go the other way because of the tailwind. You know, he's not, I'm not he's, <laughs> he might be listening. He's normal. He's normal. He's normal. He's normal. That's great. <laughs> so so obviously that was an, a major a, accomplishment. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine what that training was like. Oh, I know. Well, that I think that's part of why he went backward. Um, he wanted to really enjoy the West because he ne mm. he'd never been out there. So Interesting. He it was he was from here and he yeah. left. He ended up leaving in April. So winter training in Minneapolis is right. not great. Not ideal. Right. So yep. he spent the first couple, three weeks of that ride suffering a little bit. Mm -hmm. I believe it. <laughs> but once he got out to uh, Colorado, he really had fun. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. You talked about Ragbri. How many times have you done it now? Oh, my goodness. My first one was in 2010. So does that make nine? So you've done it straight without missing one since then? I've not missed one, but I haven't done every mile. Wow. Well, yeah. that's all right. Do you have some favorite uh, routes or towns to visit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Clear Lake is one of my favorites. Yeah. I love Clear Lake. It's a beautiful town. Every time we go through there, it's just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been through there a, few, a bunch of times. We have some friends who have a cabin uh, not far from there. And so I've been through Clear Lake a number of times, but never actually been, like, spent any time there. Oh, it, they do a good rag Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Carroll, Iowa. It's yeah. small, but it's mighty. They they make it happen. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And one year, a few years ago, Eudora. Which, really? Yeah, I'd never heard of. Is it Eudora or Eldora? It's kind of by Cedar Falls. Okay. I had never seen it been there before, but they rolled out the red carpet. It was amazing. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So nine years doing Ragbri. How many times have you done every mile? Uh. Just one, just once, my first time. Yeah. Every year after that. So what happened? 
I told you I met John. Yep. He's from Decorah, Iowa, and okay. they have this little thing called Nordic Fest mm-hmm. there, and it's always the weekend at the end of Ragbri. Hmm. So for us to get there and be part of that, which for him it's like he also went to Luther, so that's ah, like yes. class reunion on both sides, high nice. school and college. Yep. <laughs> so we end up there quite a bit, and we usually miss the last day, Okay. sometimes two days of Ragbri. So you're not putting your wheels into the Mississippi. No, I did yeah. last year, though. Did you? We did. We started nice. in Clear Lake and we ended at the Mississippi and it went through Decorah. Fun. Yeah, it was fun. That's that's really fun. What is it about Ragbri? I mean, I've never had a chance to do it because I'm always putting on my own bike race during mm. that time. So I've never had a chance to do it. But what is it that makes it so magical? That's a great question. It's You meet so many different people and, and I think that's really unique and really fun. But But even more... Being able to wake up in the morning and know your only responsibility is to ride your bike and find food. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure they don't make it difficult to find food. No, it's really easy. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard lots of stories about pie for breakfast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beer for breakfast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a a perfect beer and pie combination for breakfast that you found? You know, um, no, I've tried a few. Different ones. The front runner at this point is, you know, some kind of a stout, a chocolate stout. It's oh, really yeah. nice. If you do sure. it early enough and it's not hot yet, you can do a chocolate stout yeah. with like a cream pie. Oh, that sounds really good. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'd want to wait for like a half an hour before I got on the bike, but. little nap quick. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's funny. You were talking about something uh, a little earlier that I was I was curious about, the, about your experience helping people start businesses yeah. uh, back in Connecticut. Talk, tell a little bit more about that. So I was with the Small Business Development Center, okay. which at that time was out of the Connecticut State University system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's now back at UConn, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we did, we, we worked to help people. We were funded partially through the SBA, which is the Small Business yep. Administration. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we, we helped to helped people to get on the ground with something that they wanted to yeah. do. Um, so a lot of them were, you know, and, and some of them are really risky. So sometimes it's actually talking them out of it. Interesting. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, restaurants and bars and right. things like that yeah. are pretty risky. Mm-hmm. And then other things are, are really great business plans, you know, and I, one of them was, um, this, this guy was a, a boat guy and he wanted to make this, um, this thing that went onto a catamaran boat that hmm. would change, it changed how the wake worked or something like that. It was huh. pretty incredible. Yeah. So I had a pretty unique experience. That's out great. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've, I'm curious about that because I, that was one of the things that drew me out to NYU for grad school. I went to their MBA program and they had a, a, a student run nonprofit called the Urban Business Assistance Corporation. Cool. And our whole mission there was to help women and people of color uh, launch businesses. So I helped them get SBA loans and help them develop their business plans and it right. was very rewarding. Absolutely. I, it felt so good. And I always miss those businesses, well, the ones that got started. Mm-hmm. I always was so sad I couldn't go see them anymore. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was uh, it was really fun. I remember one of my clients was a guy uh, who started a print shop right outside of Brooklyn uh, Borough Hall. Ooh. And it was like a license to print money because all of the government documents needed someplace to, to get printed. And he was right around the corner and it just, it blew up. It was just the greatest. Wow. Yeah. It was really a fun, a fun project to be a part of. A good win. Yeah. That was, that was really cool. Um, obviously cycling is a passion for you. Yes. You've been doing it for a long time. Do you remember your first bike? I do. Yeah. I do. And my first bike was a little yellow Schwinn with a striped banana seat. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I built ramps. I lived in a cul-de-sac, and I built ramps at the <laughs> end, and I would fly on that thing. So oh good. yes, <laughs> I uh, I had a uh, a bike. It was kind of a custom, so so it, it was a, a a department store bike. I think we got it at Sears or something like that. But it wasn't it wasn't a Stingray, mm-hmm. so we had to mod it so that I could get that. It was purple, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Huge Vikings fan. It's a purple bike, and then I got the gold and white. With the with the flex, Ooh, you know, the sparkle flex in the banana seat. And then we put the, you know, the high rise bars on there and it was styling. Yes. Love yes. that bike. Yes. I like the sound of that bike. <laughs> it was so fast <laughs> Just when I was eight. Well, yeah. I mean, that's if you could if every if you could bottle that feeling yeah. and just feel that all the time. Yeah. You know, honestly, that's the way I feel on my fat bike. <laughs> I feel like I'm that kid again. I just want to go off sweet jumps and just cruise around and bang on stuff. And 
Yeah. Yeah. How often do you catch yourself smiling or chuckling as you're riding that bike? All like, <laughs> the time. <laughs> Except when I'm with my buddies who want to hammer it. And then I'm like, uh, yeah. okay, come on. <laughs> Less fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How many bikes do you have right now? I have five bikes right now that are my, my yeah. own. Yeah. Yeah. In our garage might be a little more than double that. Nice. There's two of, you know. What's, do you have a particular favorite? My favorite right now is uh, I, I did a, a road bike, a, a custom trek last year. Cool. Yeah, I wow. love it. I, so is I it the Project a, One? Project One. Nice. Yeah. And it it is just so beautiful and That's so great. light. And it's I did DI2. So, oh, yeah. fancy. I know, right? Like, I have no business <laughs> having this bike. Oh, I'm very jealous. Oh, oh. And so... <laughs> I love that bike, but none of my other bikes are DI2. And I, I do, I have a, I have a gravel bike, which I also love. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like a big baby when I'm, when I'm riding that and I have to really push to get the gear to, you know. Yeah, right. It's like, oh my God, this is so much work. Poor me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So what, uh, what frame uh, was the basis for your, your bike? Was it was it the Domine or? No, very similar. It was the Silk. So oh, I ended yeah. up mm-hmm. with the women's and, and that was the last year they did. It. Mm-hmm. I would have done Damani if they had if if it was this year. Right. I did it last year. Yeah. So um, it was the silk, and it's got so it does have that flex in the front end, and mm-hmm. it has the flex in the seat post. Nice. A little bit, you know, it's adjustable, but it's yeah. just that nice little little Cush. something. Yeah. I'm 45, Jason. I can use a little cush. I'm right there with you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep uh, keep the the you know air pressure nice and low. Oh yeah, no reason to get <laughs> no, crazy. Oh, exactly. I'm not racing. <laughs> Although I have to say, honestly, my favorite bike is is my track bike. It's, it's not the one that I ride the most. I don't really race that often anymore, but it's this beautiful Conago dream. It's so pretty. It's got this peacock motif in the, in the paint job. It's just, it's way too pretty for me. Right. I mean, I don't deserve this bike at all, but it's gorgeous and I absolutely love it. Do you hang it in the wall? No, I wish (laughs) (laughs) we have other design aesthetics. They need to be, you know, met in our house and, and hanging a bike on the wall is not not high on that list. I understand. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, Tia, this has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed having you in the studio today. Thanks. I've enjoyed being here. Yeah. So uh, free bikes for kids, FB4K, the number four, right? Correct. Dot org. Um, what's your next bike ride that you're going to be going on? Next bike ride. You know, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll ride all weekend this weekend, but yeah. I have September 8th. I grew up in Iowa for some years, mm-hmm. and uh, the Iowa Iowa State game is September eighth. Oh. So we usually get together if we if if there are folks not going to the game, we'll end up getting together somewhere in Iowa and doing like an all day ride. Fun to a destination to watch the game. Fun. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, we've got a bunch of events coming up here in the Twin Cities uh, over the next week or so. Um, I mentioned the Mounds View Festival in the Park Criterium, uh, and that's on Saturday. Um, the Wednesday night cyclocross races start up on Wednesday. Already. Yes. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be grilling Marcus Bush here next week about why cyclocross starts so early in, in Minnesota. It's, you know, to me, it's a winter sport, but I don't want to go down that path just yet, but it's, I, if it's happening before road worlds, it doesn't make any sense to me. So anyway, if you're not plowing through snow and mud. It, it doesn't work. But anyway, that's my that's my bias. Um, Wednesday night cyclocross does start uh, next uh, this coming Wednesday. Uh, Thursday night lights, of course, is at the National Sports Center Velodrome on Thursday. And then uh, Friday night starts the uh, Fixed Gear Classic. And you can find out both of those th- uh, events at nscsports.org slash velo. And then on Sunday, Open Streets is hitting uh, Franklin. Uh, on the 26th. Are you guys going to be a part of free, uh, Open Streets or have you been in the past? We have been in the past. We're not doing that one this year. Okay. Um, we There are so many now, you kind of have to pick and choose. Right. And uh, this year, I, I actually didn't do any of them. We did, I wanted one, at least one more staff member on before, yeah. before we hit Open Streets. It's a big time commitment. It is. It's a lot of work to be out at those events for sure. It is, but they do such a good job. They really do. They're a ton of fun. They yeah. really are a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to 91.7 WMCN on the FM dial here at McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. This has been Blast Beats and Bicycles, and we will see you next week. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle, bicycle.
Jesus, I don't wanna be a 